At 1 p.m. HST, I know where I will be. Ukulele Underground Podcast for you and me. Aldrin and Erin and Kahai. And maybe Magic Mike or a guest on the fly. Ukulele Underground Podcast. Now here's the guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukulele Underground Podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. Joining me are Mr. Aaron, the voice. Now, Kamura, say what's up, Aaron. What's up? And Mr. Kahai, the legend, Fergan. Say what's up, Kahai. What's up? All right, so... Uh, April's long gone, but it's, it's kind of like an April Fool's joke. There's a lot of people pro- probably here for the Ukulele on the Ground, a little Friday live jam. But damn, <laughs> we're hitting you with the Ukulele on the Ground podcast today. Um, and that's that's because we have a very special guest today, Kahai. Do you, do you know who we have today? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I heard he was the inventor of strawberries, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. He might yeah, yeah. be. He he saw straws and he saw berries and put them together. It's like, oh, why not? Why not this? Nobody <laughs> else thought of it. Nobody. <laughs> no. <laughs> but today we have a very, very, very special guest. Pretty much, pretty much one of the best ukulele players in the world. I'm so excited. I'm a huge fan. Needs we no have Mr. James Hill. Hey. Yeah. Aloha. How you doing? Hello, James. Are you man we haven't see- talked to each other in six years we were just talking right before the show started it's been six years that's How right are you? uh like in a word good <laughs> you know, like, nice. that, that kind of covers like six years worth of material right there yeah, yeah pretty good you know like and, and honestly it, like everything that's happened in the last six years never mind the last two mm. years the last six years you know if you can come yeah. out on the other side of that saying meh Pretty good, you know. I, I think yeah. uh, I, I'm feeling good about the world and you know where music and family and uh, I was just mm-hmm. painting uh, beehives. You, can see, you might see some paint on my hands. Like dur- <laughs> during the pandemic, just like delved into so many new things, and it's uh-huh. you know it's been mind altering and eye opening. <laughs> so yeah, you know that's me. I mean, how are you? I'm good also <laughs> yeah i mean That's like great. things things have been good i think the last time we spoke we were just saying that uh your 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 son was just about to be born like mm-hmm. we had you on the podcast and i remember you saying guys if i have to jet out of here you know like <laughs> just unexplainably like i it's because my son's about to be born like oh snap you can you can go whenever you want free pass to just leave the podcast yeah. but Today we have you, and, and you're not you're not heading anywhere, right? You, you don't have any emergency uh, situation that you got to go to. Not that I know of, but that's the thing <laughs> okay, about yeah. emergencies—you don't always know that they're going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'll let you know. It's, it's you, you know what? You'll be the first one to know if there's an emergency. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. How you got that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking for us news only. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Right on. So. Uh, you you have a you have a very 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 exciting project that that's that's coming up very soon actually right mm-hmm. and, and yeah. the, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's coming up soon and not. Uh, you know <laughs> you, you know what it's like to release an album, right? I mean, uh, yeah. you you work away, you toil away on your own uh, in your own little world, and then you sort of you sort of say, okay, now I'm ready to share this gift with the world, and then poof, you kind of uh, you know open the doors and you know. People are excited about it for like a week and then it's like crickets, you know, they move on to another thing. <laughs> so, you know, um, this album, I wanted to do something different. It's more of a process and it's definitely collaborative. I would say this album 
uh, is is uh, part community and part concept album. <laughs> so I think it's called You Kids, and it goes back to something that a friend of mine said years ago. Uh, Tony Coleman, you, you might know Tony because he's uh, he was one half of the of the production team for um, the Mighty Uke movie you know, that came out oh, okay, okay. years ago yeah. and really spotlighted the ukulele, the rise of the ukulele around the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was having lunch with Tony in Toronto because uh, we got to be good friends through the movie. And he was sitting across the table from me. We're having lunch. And I said, like, Tony, more than anyone in the world right now, because he'd just come off making this movie, you have your finger on the pulse of the ukulele community worldwide. And, and, and you know me and you know what I've done and you know what I like. And, you know, so I said, what should I do? You know, what should I do next? I need some advice. You know, get, give me a give me the straight goods. And, and and he didn't hesitate. And he and he looked me straight in the eye and he said, you know what you should do? You should write an album that other people can play on. Because he said, what, what it would do, it, it would bring together everything that you're excited about. It would bring together, obviously, the ukulele, the songwriting, the educational aspect, the community building aspect, the technology aspect. It would bring together everything, you know, live performance. It, it, it just has it all and it puts it all under one umbrella. And I was like, man, you're totally right. Um, and that was years ago. I don't even know. It meant six, eight years ago. Time flies, you know, when you're raising a son and living through a pandemic. But I think it was like six or eight years ago. And uh, and I've carried that idea with me every day. You know, it just sort of nags at me. And finally, I'm getting to do this thing where I've written this album and the songs are made to be played on and made to be sung on by lots of other people, not just me. And I'm throwing it open to strummers and singers who want to participate and we're going to record one song a month it's going to take about 10 months then we're going to mix it and master it so it's going to take another two months it's going to be a year before this album drops and by the time it drops you know there's going to be a whole bunch of people who played on it who are going to be really excited about the music who really know the music from the inside out and want to share it with people because they're on it you know so that's the the spirit of the of the project and there's more to talk about but that's the those are the broad strokes right on man and so with the with, with this project how are you going to get all these people to uh to to lend their voices lend their their music to uh to to the project well this is i think this was the missing piece eight years ago when i was talking with tony um i didn't know how logistically we were going to do this i mean it's one thing to have a good idea it's another thing to have a good idea and to know how to execute on that idea you know like i i i remember hearing somebody say uh you know anybody who's ever had a hot shower has had a million dollar business idea <laughs> you know because you're like oh i'm a genius i just came up with this great idea well yeah but it might take you the rest of your life to actually execute mm. on that that brainwave that mm. you had right so I think it was a bit like that. And when I started to see the the rise of um, NFTs and generative artwork, I was standing on the sidelines going, what are these things? And 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 as I always ask about everything in my life, I, I always say, what does that have to do with music? You know, that's my my first <laughs> thought about everything that I see. What does that have to do with music? What does that have to do with ukulele? And when I saw things like CryptoPunks, you know, start to 
autoglyphs start to come out. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know in my bones that that has something to do with music and that has something to do mm -hmm. with community building and gradually mm -hmm. started to figure out what the fit was. And I've been interested in, in visual art for all my life. I've always mm -hmm. been a, um, a closet artist. I've always mm -hmm. drawn and painted <laughs> and um, done graphic design my whole life, just kind of secretly. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really share it with anybody. Um, it's been my hobby, you know? Um, and so I started to create these UKEDs um, and, and, it, and it became a series and it became a series of 1,879 of these unique UKEDs. Um, and, you know, uh, ukulele players will understand the significance of, of 1879. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1879 is such a big year for us, you know, the spiritual birth of the ukulele. So that number became the the number around which this series of um, of sort of uh, portraits, really, of the ukulele, mm -hmm. these whimsical, mm -hmm. sometimes silly portraits of the ukulele. And I okay. thought, well, that those could act like tickets. And if you buy one of the art pieces, then it gives you access to this recording process, to this community that's going to be on the album. And so that's where that was the final piece of the puzzle. Once I figured that out, it was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and that that was the beginning of UKEDS. I mean, with uh with with the rise of NFTs and and I, I feel like artists, you know, need, need another venue to kind of uh you know to put their music on or to to somehow get uh get enough credit or get enough money for like for the music that they're making i think this is this is definitely the way to go like uh, the first one of the first instances that i heard of was kings of leon doing like a uh, an album like on on nft and i think this this is where it, sh it should head as far as like the the future of of, of of artists making art and and you know and and other people consuming it in, in different ways i think this is definitely the direction to go you're a pioneer just like with everything else that you've done you know before <laughs> and with uh, as far as the art goes i mean like just take a look at all you know all the uh, the album covers that that you've done it's just so tastefully made i love that you know the uh band without the heart you know when mm. with, with with your head going <laughs> off and, and the body somewhere it, it, dude I've I've been a huge fan for like for for a long time, and these are like little things that I'm like, this is who who did this? I'm, I'm sure James did this cover, right? Like, and it's just it's always been a really cool you know uh, cool process to watch or to to just check out the things that you make and just try to try to understand what's going in your head. Right on. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I would love to take credit for that man with a love song cover, but that was actually my friend Michael Rycraft. But I, I have oh. <laughs> I have done a lot of the artwork and and design around my own stuff. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, you know, at first for you kids, um, I mean, first of all, I'd love to share a screenshot if uh, yeah, if I can. Um, oh, it's okay. We were we were looking at this beforehand, right? So here here's an okay. example of a you kid. <laughs> Th this is one that I think personally. I think of Aldrin when I see this one. UKED number 174. <laughs> I think it's the hat. Maybe it's the RoboCop <laughs> eyes. I don't know. Maybe it's the bow tie, no. although I don't think I've ever seen you wear a bow tie. But I, I should now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> but, um, you know, these are some of the UKEDs. Um, this is the style of... of uh, the, the, you know, I'm going to go to the homepage because some of my favorites are on the homepage. Um, and, you know... I. Each one of them is unique. There are no two that are the same. 1,879 of these. Um, and it's been really interesting to get my my team, my staff 
you know, in they've been in first choosing their UCADs and like my son and my wife have chosen theirs. And actually this is my son right here. <laughs> he's, he's got like the peacock feather and the laser beam eyes. He just really loved that one. Um, and this is actually mine right here in the middle of the screen. I guess I put me and my nice. son right beside each other. Nice. Um, and you know, there, there's like endless possibilities and endless variations. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know how it is when people sometimes take their photo at a ukulele jam and they'll put their ukulele in front of their face, you know, mm -hmm. and like I've done yes. that for oh, years okay. and years and years. <laughs> and I've always thought like, yeah, they do actually kind of look like heads, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you know, let's go with that. And um, and so this this is the style and there's all these different attributes and it's really fun. And w what people have said when they've um, talked about going in and finding theirs mm -hmm. is not mm -hmm. that they're looking for one that looks like them. Because I think at first when I told people about the idea, they, they were like, oh, OK, well, I'll find I'll find one with like a beard and glasses and long hair, you know, and I'm like, well, no, it's not mm -hmm. really like that. It's it's more like um, the one that just sort of speaks to you that maybe reflects your like inner person <laughs> you know because these are yeah. not they're they're not male female they're, they're just kind of these entities almost like minions or something yeah. you know mm -hmm. and and like when i look at mine here this i don't know if how many people know that this is mine at the moment but like to me that there's something about that one that just kind of resonates with me i can't explain mm -hmm. exactly why i think it's mm -hmm. the you know the it's the downturned mouth and the sort of see no evil <laughs> there, there's something about it i can't explain <laughs> why i why that one is me but it just is and that's i think part of the fun of it is is finding the one that just um resonates with you it's like you might go to a like an animal shelter to adopt an animal you're not looking for the one that necessarily looks like you <laughs> you know you're looking for the one that just all the time that just reaches out to you and says take me home you know you i belong with you you know so yeah. it's a bit like that with you kids as well so even even the even choosing is fun and that's just the beginning never mind mm -hmm. what you get for that but just the process yeah. of picking out your uked is just a fun experience <laughs> and each one is unique which nice. is awesome yeah nice. yeah so um <clears throat> what, what, was that a reference to your ukulele x too <laughs> like oh <laughs> true maybe yeah, hey. subconsciously <laughs> subconsciously yeah yeah i think i think you might be that's right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> So with um with with these UCATs and stuff. So how does that you know uh, go into participating in the in, in the album, being involved with it? That's a great question. Um, the, I mean, for me, like I'm a I'm a pretty simple person when it comes down to it because of music. Like everything mm -hmm. comes from music and everything goes back to music. So whenever I get confused mm -hmm. about anything in my life, I always come back to music. And so when you ask me a hard question like that. <laughs> my my first thought is, uh, what does that have to do with the music? Oh yeah, it all comes from the fact that the songs are written to be played on. You know, this doesn't work with just any songs. You know, like if it, if if my song is really beautiful, but it's like my my song is like a. <laughs> <laughs> okay, th this is not the kind of song that uh, like 1800 people are going to jam on, right? It might be really beautiful, mm -hmm. but you have to mm -hmm. write this thing from the ground up to be played on. And mm -hmm. I had a bunch of songs lying around that I had never finished and had never found a home. 
and they have this most of them anyway i think you know nine out of ten of them have this like just epic quality to them <laughs> and these epic sing-alongs and i never found a home for these songs because i'd never i don't know never had the never been in the right place to i i think okay now that i'm thinking about it i think singing these epic choruses mm. on my own was kind of lonely <laughs> you know oh, what i mean okay. like i <laughs> yeah, for yeah some subconscious reason i never put out these songs mm. I like them. Mm -hmm. I think they're good songs, mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like, I, I think I, I felt somewhere deep down that like, I, I just, I can't do this on my own. <laughs> so those songs mm -hmm. never made it onto an album. And so mm -hmm. now I've sort of corralled all those ones and being like, yeah, these are the ones that I always needed help with. And that's a cool feeling. That is, that is awesome. Cause like, uh, we, we listened to, uh, we listened to the album or just like whatever, you know, uh, whatever previous, we right, a preview right. of the album so yeah. far. Yeah. Love the songs. Like just right off the bat, that first track that the night and stuff, it's just feels so epic, you know, like <laughs> with the, uh, with the electric baritone coming in, it's like this, this is gonna, this is gonna be awesome. Like you yeah. just get that feeling as soon as like you, you hear just the, the first few seconds of the album or that, that track even is just like this. And I can see like eighteen hundred people like contributing to that one song. It's like this is this is going to be amazing. That's I'm so stoked for this project, man. Cool, cool. And you know, there's there's still a lot to be learned. I mean, I, I'm not sitting back saying, you know, I have all the answers for this. Um, we're gonna. I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of offering it almost to the community <laughs> and saying this is as far as I could take it on my own. Um, <laughs> now you're gonna come in and you're gonna shape it again you know you're mm -hmm. you it's it's like this album is going to be twice baked you know it's like <laughs> i i had a crack at it now when you all come in and start playing on it i know and you don't have to be a seasoned musician to know this but like the minute 1800 people arrive at your party it, it's going to change the party uh so i and i don't know how that's going to play out and i don't want to know how that plays mm. that plays out i want to learn that in the moment with everybody, you know, I, I don't want to mm. show up and have everything figured out that that's, that's not as much fun as it could be. So uh, mm. I, I'm stoked to have people contribute. Um, and, uh, and, and hear the songs respond to mm -hmm. those contributions, I, I think it's going to be really fun. That, that being said, it's not like I'm for anybody listening out there who's going, sweet, I'm just gonna like make up my own part or I'm just gonna play a ripping solo yeah. all the way through. It's like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's not quite that open, you know. Uh, there will be sections where, you know, I've told the UKEDs, the people who have been interested and who've been listening to my, you know, weekly Q and A's about this, I've told them, look, you have to think of yourself more like part of the horn section, you know, mm. in, in the band where it's like the horns, the saxophones, the trumpets, like they're not playing all the time, you know? There are times when they just get to sit back, they like twirl their horns and do a little cool dance and they know that they don't play on every measure and they're cool with that. Mm -hmm. Now that's different for ukulele players. We're not used to that. When we go to a kind of kapila, we expect to play from the first beat <laughs> to the last beat <laughs> yeah. and yeah. maybe even more. <laughs> right <laughs> so i think for ukulele players this is there's going to be a bit of a learning curve in terms of like mm -hmm. this is the part where you don't play you know and mm -hmm. and i think that's good for everybody you know you have to think of yourself mm -hmm. as being part of a, a band a really big band but it's still mm -hmm. part of a band and you have to make room for everybody so 
Yeah, make room for people, guy. Jeez, don't just, you know, don't just fight <laughs> over people, man. Have you ever, um, like, there's a thing where you bring canned soup and you all dump it into one pot, right? <laughs> but, like, this Stone time, soup. yeah, yeah. But it's, like, it's a swimming pool size. Yeah, pot, yeah right? exactly. <laughs> it, so. Yeah, you're just like, where's the diving board? Like, cannonball. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and people can't be like, well, I got this pizza. I'm going to throw this pizza in. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, you got to bring the soup. Bring the soup. That's right. <laughs> and dump it in when I say go. You know, like, yeah, there, right. there, there's a bit of, like, you know, you, there's a bit of organization that has to go on. Like, right. for example, like, just uh, this week, we set up our own Slack workspace for the UKEDS project. You know, we're not going to try to, like, chase people around with emails and, and whatnot. Like, we're going to have our own dedicated workspace where we can all hang out get to know each other and get work done. Um, it's it's going to have to be this like it, it's kind of like going on a uh, like on a space shuttle ride with like 1800 people like we're going to be in this together for 10 or 12 months and uh, we need a dedicated space for that. Um, the, the other thing is when I say t 10 or 12 months, that's cool. And, you know, that's going to be fun. And that's the album. But one of the reasons why I decided to go with NFTs for this instead of just like a ticket. You know, I guess I could have just sold tickets, right? And that would have been it. But I really see this as more of a long-term project, something that goes beyond this album. Um, mm -hmm. And NFTs give you the ability to um, have, have a thing that has a life beyond the project. So there might be future singles, for example, where we can get the band back together um there might mm. be discounts that they get on workshops or conferences or mm. um special stuff at concert uh, at, at concerts mm. backstage access or you mm. know um and all of that is enabled through that nft that they first held for the ukeds mm. album but then it continues mm. to provide value and utility you know beyond that that's quite different than just having a ticket and and of course the other thing is once you have it as an nft you can then sell it if you want. Maybe you're done with you mm -hmm. kids. You know, you've moved on to the ocarina now, and it's like uh, I'm just going <laughs> to sell my spot in this uh, in this global ukulele ensemble, uh, or I think more likely I'm going to gift it to somebody, or I'm going to give it mm -hmm. to my son or my daughter, or you know, it, mm -hmm. it has a life beyond like beyond you kids the album and potentially beyond even the people who are in this mm -hmm. project. And to me, that long term aspect, which is enabled by nfts makes it worth the, the the trouble of learning a whole bunch of new things and 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 making this happen in a way that's never been done before that is that's yeah. amazing it, it is definitely the first of its kind you know and, uh, we're we're so stoked that's all so i'm like at a loss for words this is such a great idea it's like this i want to be a part of this already like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i love it and and i i like the fact that that pretty much encapsulates yeah what nfts are about now oh yeah, yeah. so for a well, lot of people <laughs> who are who are unfamiliar mm. with the nft space mm. and don't really get it like that yeah. that's like that's it that's, yeah. that's a great explanation that's a great explanation are, yeah. of like what is possible and and how communities should form around nfts i mean mm -hmm. really good projects yeah so, so speaking of which you know for those people who uh who have no idea like but then wants to support the project or wants to be a part of the project and stuff uh what you know what how do, how do you even like phrase this and stuff? How how can they get in, get involved? How can they get into NFTs? Like can they can they buy it from whatever? Or they need a special? Do they need a special thing? Like what? How 
how do you, what's the entry like? <laughs> that, that's a really great question. I'm I'm so glad mm-hmm. you asked that because I sometimes come in so hot I forget that that first step. You know, <laughs> uh, um, we my 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 partner in this project is my my lifelong friend Chris Parsons who. We grew up playing ukulele together in the Langley Ensemble um, under Peter oh, cool. Luongo. And uh, he and I sat together on, like, I can't even count how many Hawaii tours. <laughs> we played in the Sheraton Waikiki every night, you know, together in the summer for two weeks. And, like, we, we've been all over the world together um, playing ukulele. And he uh, is one of the only friends that I have who I can talk to about NFTs because he kind of took an interest in it early as well. And... And it just so happens, it just a kind of a freaky coincidence that he and I had written one of these songs on the album together years ago. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, he's the my partner in this, and and also my sort of co-writer on on uh, one of the tracks, which is so cool. Um, but we had to make a decision pretty early on, like how how much do we want to assume about people's familiarity with mm-hmm. this landscape of NFTs and crypto? And how off-putting is it to people, especially in our demographic, the ukulele demographic, the people who come to our sh- ukulele shows, the people who go to ukulele festivals, the people who come to ukulele workshops and sign up for online ukulele courses, you know, they're they're um, they're of a, of a certain age. <laughs> I don't know how to say this, you know, and and they've always supported uh, what what I've been doing you know, since, you know, it's 20 years ago now that I put out my first album. It's crazy. And um, what what is my level of confidence that these folks are going to feel comfortable with crypto? My level of confidence is almost zero, you know. <laughs> 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 uh, and, and that's fine, you know. And, and we had to find a way to, to onboard people without scaring them off or exposing them to uh you know scams and stuff like that as they're trying to get crypto Mm -hmm. so so what we've decided on i think um is a really nice compromise and i've and i've heard of other people now uh, doing something similar where it's i i think the word for it is uh non-custodial nft collection (laughs) which is mean which means we hold it for you you don't actually need to hold the NFT. You hold, you buy something. You actually bu- just buy the image in a very uh, old-fashioned way, just like you would go online and buy a T-shirt or something, uh, buy, buy Uncle LA Underground T-shirt. It's no different that you punch in <laughs> your uh, Visa card and you get a receipt and it's it's done. Like there's no hoops mm. to jump through. You don't have to get mm. a crypto wallet. You don't have to fill it with crypto. You don't have to do KYC. You don't have to send your passport photo to somebody. <laughs> you don't have to take a selfie of yourself and wait seven days. Now, all of that stuff that anybody who's ever tried to, to get crypto before, especially in certain countries, you know, we eliminated all of that completely. And we've just made it an option mm. that if you already have a crypto wallet, we will airdrop you your NFT once you've uh, once you've bought in and once you've paid for your your image, basically, and for the rest of you, we're just going to hold them, and um, they've got your name on them. And if in two years' time you decide to get a crypto wallet, all you have to do is say, "Hey, give me my NFT," and boom, it appears in your wallet. Uh-huh. And so this is to me, this is a really nice uh, intermediate step that that means that we don't have to wait for the community to have a hundred percent adoption with 
you know, Web3, in order to start to um, experiment with and leverage the amazing possibilities of Web3. We don't want to sit here and be, you know, stuck at the starting line just because mm-hmm. not everybody, you know, my, my parents don't have crypto wallets. I don't want that to hold us back because there's so many great possibilities creatively and in terms of community that we can tap into right now. If we just put that aside and say, look, we'll hold the NFT until you're ready and let's just get on with the good stuff. Mm-hmm. That is nice. amazing. Yeah, that's that's definitely great news for, for a lot of, <laughs> I'm sure a bunch of you folks who are watching the podcast right now, like this is great, but you know, like, why NFTs and I don't have any or I don't have a wallet or whatever. What is blockchain and all these questions that people usually get when people talk about NFTs. You've just eliminated all of that. It's just like, just just buy it. Just buy the thing, put in your credit card and and you have it and you own it. And and you're part of the project. Pretty simple as that. So if anyone else has any other questions, that's that's it. (laughs) Just just go. It's kind of like just buying a regular CD. You know, just go buy it. That's 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 it. it. (laughs) And and, and I think the main thing is like, Let's get on mm-hmm. with it. You know, like I, yeah. I, I think I think we'll know that all this Web three stuff has mm-hmm. gained um, sort of mass adoption when we just stop mm-hmm. talking about it. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm interested in it, so I'm listening to podcasts about you know NFTs and stuff, um, and even and even I get tired of hearing about it. You know, it's like uh, this blockchain and that blockchain and this this NFT and that NFT, but it's like. The minute we stop talking about the nuts and bolts and the how it works, mm-hmm. like how many people actually know the, the processing power of their CPU now? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just know I got a I got a new laptop and it works great. <laughs> like, that's all I know. <laughs> but in 1997, yeah. I knew like it was a Pentium uh, or it was a 486 <laughs> or it was a, you know, those things were really important mm-hmm. then. Because we hadn't gotten over the hump of you know, uh, you know what's going on under the hood. Once we stop mm-hmm. caring about that, then then we can move on and and actually just have fun. Mm-hmm. And I think I, like, I'm just yeah. trying to get there a little sooner. <laughs> yeah, it's like people are like, oh, check out this cool hammer that I have, <laughs> and they're like, oh, well. Did, there's a house behind you and it's like, yeah, I built the house, but check out this hammer. <laughs> this hammer is really cool, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And you'd have like podcasts, podcasts devoted to hammers. To, and, to that specific hammer. Yeah. 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 And debating Why, like which hammer, hammer is, is better. better than this exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like how, how absurd is that? And yet that's the stage that we're at with mm-hmm. NFTs and crypto. And, you know, I, it can't come soon enough for me that, that we get past that stage. And I just didn't want to get bogged down with that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. But I mean, there's like so much possibilities with like with, with NFT and, and, and I'm glad you're doing this project because it can just kind of show people what, what are some possibilities that, that you can mm-hmm. do with, uh, you know, w- when you go down this route and this, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you know, like yeah. it's, it's super exciting. This is. Yeah. This- and especially for ukulele players, yeah. because. Yeah. You know, like the ukulele community is it, itself a pretty small community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lot of the artists are like independent artists. Yes. yes. And we don't have necessarily have the funding to produce your own albums. Mm-hmm. And this opens up a whole new realm of yeah. possibility for independent artists to fund their own projects. That's right. Do really cool things and build community. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And okay. and on, on that note, I, I don't want to turn this into a bellyaching session about streaming and and payouts and royalties (laughs) and everything 
but <laughs> I, I also don't want to gloss over the fact that you know Sp Spotify and streaming has led us down a road that's like th there's no more blood left in that stone, you know. Uh, yeah, and and yeah. unless you are Drake or Taylor Swift or Ed Sheeran, like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Those guys are doing fine. And in fact, <laughs> in fact, they're making a killing, you know, they're loving yeah. this. But that is, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about the 1%. That's like the 0.01% of musicians. Yeah. And it's a very top heavy model. And as I heard it described the other day, streaming for artists is really a superstar or bust model. Uh, you know, like if if somebody loves my music, you know, I'm I'm a small independent artist. If anybody loves my music and they listen to my music on repeat all month <laughs> long, and that I'm the mm -hmm. only artist they listen to, they would expect <laughs> that you know most of the money they pay to the Spotify is going to come to me, right? I mean, that's logical. You would think that's the way it works, mm -hmm. and those of us who are in the business know that that's not at all the way it no. works i would see probably none of that nine dollars that 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 mm -hmm. my super fan has spent it would all go to taylor swift and you know i i think taylor <laughs> swift is awesome but it's not her fault that the, that yeah. the, uh, mm -hmm. the the payout model is skewed the way it is but that's the reality and so i think um you know you you hear a lot of people talking about a thousand true fans you know we've mm -hmm. heard that for independent artists out there, you know, if you have a thousand true fans who really show up for you and who really support you uh, with all that you do, and the, you know, they spend a hundred bucks on you every year, yeah. it's pretty easy to do the math and say, well, you can make a living at that. You know, if you have a thousand true fans. Mm -hmm. But I think what NFTs and and uh, blockchain projects are showing us that it might even just be a hundred fans, if the money is actually going to the artist. It, it doesn't yes. even, to be, even need to be a thousand. It can be a very small community that can rally around mm -hmm. an artist who they really love. And maybe that artist, heaven forbid, doesn't feel like becoming a superstar. <gasps> you know, may, maybe that's not their <laughs> ambition. They want to make music. Mm -hmm. They make, a music, make music for a niche audience. Mm -hmm. And that's what they love. And their very small mm -hmm. niche audience loves them back. Mm -hmm. um, now we're starting to see models emerge where that is sustainable. Whereas through the mm -hmm. streaming era, that was simply not sustainable. And all artists could do was to make money on tour. Of course, the pandemic shut that down. And where does that leave <laughs> us, right? So yep. I, th I, I see a complex future for independent artists, but a much brighter future than I would have um, you know, been looking at three or four years ago. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we just need to keep the artists making art like that's you know that's that's what i want to see that's right and, and they getting what they what they deserve you know the money that they deserve yeah from... or at least be able to live yeah. doing the art yeah yeah i i so, agree completely uh, all right so go you know like like you said what does it have to be, do about music let's let's dive into the music of of, of the album okay. so you uh you showed us your your baritone earlier mm -hmm. and then we heard about this cross tuning that we were talking about right before the show got started please tell us about the uh, the the ukulele process what kind of ukes you use sure. tunings and all that good stuff okay let's get geeky <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i have been playing a lot of baritone ukulele people who've been following me know i've been playing a lot of baritone since uh my last album 
which was uh, the old silo. And on that album, I started to really lean into this uh, tuning that I had stumbled across, which I don't know if I'm, I don't have perfect pitch, but this sounds good to me. So this tuning is, um, instead of D, G, B, E, which would be your standard baritone tuning, this is B, E, B, E. <laughs> so the two strings closest <laughs> to the floor are just normal. But then the two strings closest to your face are like a almost like a mirror image, in a sense, of those mm -hmm. two uh, notes. And I mean, it, it, it means that you have... Um, four strings, but only two notes. And, and I will say for those of you who are following along at home, because <laughs> I'm sure you're all sitting there retuning your baritones as fast as you can. No, uh, uh, the, the string closest to your face, that fourth string is, is re-entrant. I always, mm -hmm. I've always mm -hmm. played baritone as a re-entrant tuning, the, the Lyle Ritz tuning. Uh, I know mm -hmm. Benny Chong plays this way. Um, uh, Byron might play this way too, uh, I, I think, at least some of the time. And the re-entrant baritone is, is a beautiful thing. Mm. And because yeah. I'd always played that way, this, it just flowed into this tuning. So the, the two Bs are in unison. They are exactly the same mm. note. And the two mm -hmm. Es are an octave apart. So just if you're sitting there at home going like, why doesn't mine sound like that? Uh, that might be why. It's that, that fourth string is, <laughs> is re-entrant. So this, I don't know. I've, I've tried a ton of different tunings. But this one just kept coming back to haunt me. And it I think maybe it's because it can be really like gentle. You know? It can have this almost like harp-like Gaelic, uh, Irish kind of uh, overtones of maybe like a uh, an octave mandolin or a um, what am I thinking mm -hmm. of like a bouzouki or something like that. It has that kind of a vibe to it. And like I can just sit around all day and entertain myself with this tuning. And, and <laughs> what's super cool about this tuning is that even now, I don't really know what I'm doing. And that <laughs> is the beauty of, of altered mm. tunings. You know, it gets you out of that headspace where you think you know, because like you don't know, like let, let's just get this out in the open. <laughs> right. You don't know what you think you know. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to, if I'm the first person to say that to you, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry to be that person, but you know what? You, you never get there. You know, there is no getting there. There is no fully understanding the fretboard. There, it's, it's way beyond uh, our capacity to totally master it. it it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm not a science, you know, expert or anything, but it's like the closer you look, there's always more stuff. Yeah. It's like, yep. oh, yeah. there's uh, there's there's molecules, and oh, just kidding, there's also atoms. Oh, but oh, hey, we looked a little closer, and there's protons and neutrons and electrons. Oh, but actually, inside those, there's some other stuff. You know, it's like it's that way with the fretboard. Like, I'm sorry, but you'll mm -hmm. never get to the bottom of it. Um, but the problem is, I think we, as especially as professionals, we get to a point where we think we know. 
<laughs> that's that's the worst. <laughs> this is a perfect podcast to say that. <laughs> we we have always told everyone that like we okay. don't know anything. Yeah. Oh, oh well, then 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 you're way ahead of the curve, you know. <laughs> I see. I that's see the what whole you're... premise of this podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. I see, I see what you're doing though, James. Right, you're blowing everybody's mind. So, like their heads are exploding, and then oh, I got a. I gotta get a UK to replace That's right. my head. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. and oh. just when you oh. just when you're spiraling out of control, I come in with my little briefcase. Would you like to buy a UK? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Next thing I know, I have like robot eyes and a hat. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect replacement. Buy, and if you buy this UK, you get the BEBE tuning too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh shoot! I just gave it away in the name. Ah oh, darn! I should have called it something more obscure. Yeah. <laughs> But but what what's beautiful about altered tunings and not just this one but any altered mm -hmm. tuning is it is mm -hmm. it, it 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 bursts your bubble right uh, it it makes you humble again it makes you realize you have no idea what's about to happen mm -hmm. when you put your fingers mm -hmm. down and for me it was so refreshing after thirty years of playing ukulele to have a have something that could bring the that freshness and that surprise back where I'm like oh what happens if I do this. That's cool. What happens if I keep going? Ooh, I get this like minor six. I never, I don't, I, I, what happens if I keep going? I don't really like that one. Maybe I'm not going to do it again. Uh, oh, and then it comes back to something more consonant. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm flailing around in the dark again and I love it. So that's, that's why I love this tuning. <laughs> it's definitely unique it sounds awesome and lots of surprises that almost sounds like the story of your your entire musical <laughs> career. career where you flailing around in the dark I, no as as and far as like, artists ukulele artists goes yeah like go you seem to be one of those uh, artists that push beyond your boundary yeah. just to see what's there and then you bring it back into something that like anybody can consume and then right. you push further <laughs> and then you, yeah. you know i mean i was i was there for the uh for the ukulele festival in hawaii where you started shoving the chopsticks down your strings oh. i'm like oh this that's sacrilegious to do that here in I hawaii know. yeah <laughs> what's going uh. on and then what came out over like that okay yeah all right you can do whatever you want to your ukulele at this point you know <laughs> I, man that that was a moment in time i I'm I'm glad I didn't think about that too much, but I I do remember that day and 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 doing that on stage and thinking, this if this doesn't land, I'm I'm <laughs> never gonna play in this town again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and when you do that stuff like that ukulele X type stuff, and mm -hmm. and you get freaky with the with the chopsticks and and like really part of what you're doing is you're playing the pickup which means part of what mm. you're doing is you're playing the pa mm -hmm. right and and mm, i didn't have yeah. my own sound guy there i mean i was at the mercy of whoever was on sound uh -huh. and i still don't know to this day who it was but whoever it was thank you you know <laughs> it worked out and they they probably gave me a little low-end boost and and just it just like it just rocked it was it was amazing so you know i'm i'm a little lucky that that landed where it did because it would have been <laughs> pretty uh, pretty uncouth i think if i to show up in hawaii and bring that but i will say and and i've said this before and even to you guys when we be talking about this i will say that ironically or it, it seems ironic until you really go to hawaii and you experience the culture people might think that 
the last place that you would want to experiment with the ukulele would be in front of a Hawaiian audience. And in fact, what <laughs> I've what I've found is that the, the Hawaiian audience is the is is the most receptive to experimentation mm -hmm. because to Hawaiian audiences, uh, and I don't like to generalize, but this is my experience. Um, the ukulele is a living tradition. It, it is a living, growing, evolving tradition that is still quite young. And people in Hawaii uh, seem to know that in their bones. You know, um, when you go other places and, you know, other places in the world who think they are preserving the tradition and who want to freeze the mm -hmm. tradition in time and make sure they're doing mm -hmm. it right, those are the places where you get pushback. <laughs> those are the places where people get offended because they think mm -hmm. they know what is right. Uh, whereas in Hawaii, because it is this living tradition of mm -hmm. ukulele, I, I've just always mm -hmm. found that people are like ready for the next thing because because mm -hmm. it's because it's alive and it's growing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very well said. Yeah. As as three dudes from Hawaii, that's you. You got it. <laughs> Probably it's like you shove a chopstick in your uke, and then afterwards, somebody in Hawaii is like, "Oh, can I borrow your chopstick to my pokeball?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you done with that pokeball, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas you know, somebody you know uh, in another part of the world is just like, "You you can't do that. Like you cannot do that." Uh, and, wow. and uh, at least use a fork or something. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no that's been cool uh i i've i've got i've learned i mean i've learned so much not just about ukulele but just about culture and and life and and love and aloha you know like every time i go to hawaii especially the times that i that i've spent with young people uh in hawaii um i used to go to camps and and teach you know at keoki uh, kaumoku's camp oh, cool. on on the on the big island, you know, experiences mm. like that where you get to spend time, not just one workshop hour, you know, but you mm. get to you get to spend a week or, or, or sometimes longer, you know, and really mm. relax into the the spirit of uh, of, of Aloha. You know, that's where mm. I've really taken away a lot of lessons. And I, I can't imagine my ukulele life, mm. you know, without those the, those experiences. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's just dive into the uh, one to to the album and the music and the ukulele. Like when I first heard that first track, bam, electric ukulele. Like that's mm. that's the first thing that hit my ears. I'm like, that's that's awesome. Tell <laughs> us about the uh, the process of baritone tuning with the uh, with a bee bee uh, distorted overdrive. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time on the album, it is overdriven, um, and uh, this. And, and I'm not always playing in BEBE, -E, but I'll show you why BEBE -B -E tuning. Let's let's call it Bebe tuning because <laughs> it's easier to say than BEBE. -E. Uh, but if I if I hook up my uh, distortion, I've got to turn on the amp, and it's going to take a minute to warm up. But you know how I said uh, that the the B string and the B string are identical; uh, mm -hmm. they're not an octave apart. They are in unison. That's the key, I think, to why this Bebe tuning sounds like even tighter and, and sort of grittier sometimes than a guitar, because on, on a guitar, you don't have that unison. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's sort of like it packs such a punch into, into a smaller uh, sonic space. So let me show you what I mean. Mm -hmm. 
So see, here I'm grabbing uh, some note. I don't even know what it is. And then I'm going to grab that same note on the other B string. Fine. But hmm. now I'm going to bend one of them. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Our dream is all over this right now. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Now, it, it, growl. you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, uh, church bells or something. It's not necessarily nice just to sit on that on, on, hmm. on its own. But as you're moving through things. get this like wild vibrato it's not just mm. one note vibrating it's one note competing with itself <laughs> on yeah, a different yeah. string you know? of you um playing voodoo child are you, are you playing the same with the same tuning with, oh with that? no i'm actually that's uh that's another nutty tuning where <laughs> um where i played traditional dgbe on that mm -hmm. one except <laughs> now this is going the opposite this is like I'm, I'm contradicting myself now but for that one i played low d right so dgbe mm -hmm. And then I tuned the D down another octave. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow, you're a mad scientist. So, sir. So, so this, you can actually see it in that video. I think somebody pointed oh. it out to me. At one point, you can see the D string just going like, thwap, 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 thwap. Like it's vibrating so slowly because I don't even think I change the string to something thicker i just like mm -hmm. like yeah. down a whole octave and it just goes it like just like match the frame rate of the camera exactly so like, yeah, yeah. yeah. it awesome. just goes like fwapa, fwapa, fwapa. and you know and it's this like subsonic d down there and that's that's how i was able to get some of that sort of uh hendrix vibe uh, otherwise it'd be that's hard cool. to do that especially solo ukulele right yeah, because that growl, that's what it reminds me of, is it? that kind of Hendrixy growl to it. That's that's so cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's super fun. And, you know, um, I think sometimes, although, you know, like maybe I'm just out of touch and I don't check the internet forums because I learned, you know, 20 years ago never to check what people are saying about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, people generally either, you know, not a lot of people have seemed to be super offended by it. You know, I, I think in the earlier days of the ukulele third wave, it would have been more scandalous. People like, you know, mm -hmm. well, that's not ukulele. And, and well, I just think- Clutching their pearls. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are, that's right. Where's my little grass shack? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's so that's little. Right. And, and I just don't hear as much of that anymore. And, and maybe that's mm -hmm. just because there's so many more people doing so many more things with ukulele and, mm -hmm. you know, Phew, you know, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So this is this is all awesome. But uh, there's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, okay. Tell us about utropolis.com. Oh, yeah. 
What is Euctropolis.com? Right, that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Euctropolis.com is where where I teach. <laughs> that's it's that simple. Like if <laughs> if you want to take lessons with me, that's where I'm teaching. Uh, and I don't give one-on-one -on -one lessons. I know that's something you guys do, right? You do one-on-one -on -one coachings, uh, yeah, which is yeah. it's just super cool. Um, I don't do that, but I have recorded a whole series of what I would say are you know unique uh, ukulele courses, like um, mm -hmm. really well structured, you know, carefully structured at least courses on like for example uh, ukulele jazz, um, mm -hmm. ukulele uh, X, which is the extreme one that we've talked about a little bit. Um, but also really super beginner stuff. I mean, I've got a course there that's a $1 course. Uh, it's called Ready, Steady, Ukulele. Actually, we've just started mm -hmm. translating this course in, we've just released the Spanish version uh, in book form. Oh, cool. It's, it's $1. And I released this at the beginning of the pandemic because we had a whole bunch of people come and join the site. And mm -hmm. I realized that I wanted to be able to assume that people knew a certain little set of things. And when they were coming off YouTube or they're coming off the ukulele jam or whatever, and they're coming into a course like the ukulele way, which is a mm -hmm. course that's been around, uh, that I did in 2015 or so, um, which is all about solo ukulele, you know, how to play the melody, mm -hmm. the harmony, the rhythm all simultaneously. They, they jump into a course like that, but they didn't know what tab was, you know, <laughs> or, or they didn't, um, didn't know the basics of chord positions or posture or even how to buy an ukulele, you know? So there were these sort of, there was this almost like pre-flight checklist of things that I wanted to make sure that every beginner who was coming into Euctropolis understood and and mm -hmm. and I could rely on that. So that that $1 course is Ready, Steady, Ukulele, and anybody can jump in and get started with that. And then probably the, the most popular course on the site is called Booster Uke. And Booster Uke is all about the amazing phenomenon of chord twins you know it's like g6 and d7 you know what i'm talking about two chords yeah. that have the same hand position but where you get a tonic and a dominant uh it's really a two for one and we all know like <laughs> e minor and b7 you know these are like classic chord twins and i mm -hmm. found all the chord twins that i could on the fretboard and just made a method out of those and so uh, it's super accessible it leads you into um way more advanced sounding repertoire you know uh mm -hmm. blues and jazz stuff that you that beginners would never think that they could mm -hmm. access uh you know mm -hmm. in the first 10 lessons but you can mm -hmm. because of this incredible fretboard phenomenon of chord twins uh, <laughs> cool. so you know those are some of the courses but the point is i got to a, i got to a stage where i was um i had all these websites you know like i had the ukulele mm -hmm. way over here and then i had the jehui uh program which is my teacher certification mm -hmm. program here and then i had my uh ukulele in the classroom which is my curriculum for schools and, and it's like mm -hmm. i'm maintaining all these communities and all these sites mm -hmm. you know they're all going out of date you know and and i have to sort of prop them up and fix bugs and stuff and, and like this is crazy I'm, I'm just spread way too thin and so what eutropolis mm -hmm. is is pulling all of those threads together, where I say everything that I do with education on the ukulele, whether it's for individuals or teachers or classrooms, whatever it is, it all lives in one place. And that's Euctropolis.
That is awesome. So one one stop shop for, for everything James Hill. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's been a real That's fun cool. so, journey. It's a great community, really supportive, and you know, I'm there all the time, mm-hmm. just helping people and you know get better. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier, like the significance of 1879. Uh, I, I follow you on Twitter. Saw some really cool like apparel, like you know that that uh, you you came out with on 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 that site. 1870. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. For the people that don't know, <laughs> 1879 is. Um, I, I don't know. I've always wanted to have. I've always wanted to have some like cool apparel for, for ukulele players. And, and it's not that there's not cool apparel. I mean, the ukulele underground t-shirt is a classic, right? Uh, <laughs> you guys nailed it. You know, white on black, you know, in those early days when you guys were just <laughs> yeah. starting and that, that t-shirt started to appear everywhere. Right. And I was like, that's, that's cool. And, and, and that's the kind of thing I'd love to see more of, but oftentimes with ukulele apparel, you know, we wear things that we want, other people to, to see what we do. We're signaling to other people, you know, as mm-hmm. Seth, Seth, uh, Godin says, he, he says, people like us do things like this, <laughs> you know, which is a really succinct <laughs> way of saying, you know, I like ukulele, you like ukulele. I'm going to show you that I like it because of what I'm wearing. But yeah. oftentimes the, the, the options were like, you know, you'd go on and you'd type in like ukulele t-shirt. And aside from the ukulele underground shirt, you'd get things that were like, you know, uh, kiss me, I'm an ukulele player. <laughs> or, or, or it'd be like, pull my finger and I'll play you a C chord. You know, it's like, oh, that's, that's not really what I have in mind for like, uh, you know. So, so anyway, this, this is something that's not even out yet, but um, I started to get into the Whoa. idea of like uh, 1879 as, I don't know if you can see that that well. This is the Phantom. Mm-hmm uh hat so it's like classic red on red and yeah and um we're doing a black on black one as well but the idea for 1879 is uh let me just get one other here thing this is one of my favorites this is from the the new collection this one is like the uh oh like the acdc almost like rock and roll shirt <laughs> yeah you know it's just like this cool red outline so like uh, we all know here that uh, 1879 was the year that the Ravenscrag arrived from Madeira to Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, August 23rd, 1879. And although it wasn't called the ukulele then, you know, that was the first exposure of, of you know, of that sound to mm-hmm. Hawaiian ears. And, you know, within a decade, the, the ukulele was the national instrument of Hawaii. So that moment, <laughs> that moment of first contact is really the is the spiritual birth i think of the ukulele mm-hmm. and celebrating that moment in time now you have to you know that that became the brand right so 1879 is right. the brand and i've run with that we've got hoodies we've got shirts um you got shirts that are a little more explanatory that say ukulele established 1879 we got the hats and stuff and it's been really fun and, and people are wearing them mm-hmm. with pride and it's cool they're conversation starters because they're not too yeah. like on the nose about it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, I I really like how it's coming together, but but also I think sort of the 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 sort of elephant in the room is, you know, uh, I'm Canadian, I'm a white guy, it's it's delicate for me, you know, I can't I don't feel good about making a shirt that says like, uh, from from Hawaii with aloha. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's it's. <laughs> Thank you. It's not. It's <laughs> not. We're from Hawaii, and we're we're not we're, comfortable. We're doing <laughs> well, like I think I don't think 
people here wouldn't want to wear stuff like that <laughs> yeah. or like right. the, the shirts if you look up ukulele shirts on online right you get like hibiscus or coconut palm, palm trees yeah, yeah. Just like, right uh local people don't really wear clothes like that right that's so interesting <laughs> yeah and and <laughs> that's how that's how i just felt in my gut just uncomfortable you know I, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't until i started honing in on the 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 moment in time because i felt like well nobody owns that moment you know Mm -hmm. that was a cross-cultural moment um Mm -hmm. and it doesn't belong to anyone Mm -hmm. in particular that's something that i can celebrate and that i can help celebrate in my own way that i don't feel is just appropriation and and i it wasn't until i stumbled on that as a as a brand idea that i felt mm-hmm. like let's go you know let's do this because i feel i feel good about this but you know until that time mm-hmm. i just i just stayed out of the apparel thing altogether mm-hmm. so uh where can you get some 1879 apparel <laughs> 1879.co hey yeah. nice. <laughs> i put it in the chat so yeah okay cool right um check it out. i i know it's you know it's at the top of the hour but do you have a little bit more time to answer some questions from the audience yeah sure or- absolutely uh, I was gonna ask if we can get maybe like a little taste of uh, the UK. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. All right. <laughs> let's do that. If that's possible. Uh, like me playing it, or you guys, <laughs> you guys playing the. I. Do you have a track that you can play? Uh, no. I mean, if you're if you're willing to perform for the audience, that would, that would be great. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go back to standard tuning. This is really asking for it. <laughs> to go from one tuning to the other. <laughs> Stay good tuning. Yeah. <laughs> so not every song on the album is an epic rock and roll sing-along. Uh, this is... I'll do my best on on this one. This is um, called Solid Gold. And uh, it means whatever you think it means. And so our love isn't made of solid gold. And there ain't door to the soul shame on me for believing everything that i've been told that i've been told now it's cold as the night is long and that old wind whistles lonesome cowboy song If I knew how to go, best believe I would be gone. Mm, I would be gone. But if it ain't solid gold, if it ain't solid gold, 
solid gold Then it might just be something we ain't afraid Whatever the chords To hold I'll do one more verse just for fun that grain of sand under the mattress has grown And pretty soon our pebble he's gonna be a stone Is there still time, time before he gets too heavy to roll? Mm, heavy to roll If it ain't solid anyway so I, I wanted to do that one because there's that little part in there about uh, about my son uh, that grain of sand under the mattress has grown and pretty soon that pebble he's gonna be a stone uh, ah, beautiful. <laughs> so I just thought full circle with you guys you know uh, you know having the last time we talked being you know just before he was born mm -hmm. yeah I mean it means so much because like when uh, when we first started talking way, way, way back in like 2000, I want to say three or four or whatever. And now it's, it's come to this and now it's, <laughs> it, it means so much, man. Thank you so much for, for being here. Thank you for being in and, and talking about your projects and, and, and pushing the ukulele to, to all the boundaries. <laughs> Thank you so much for everything. Thank you guys. It's been, <clears throat> been a pleasure to, to watch what you've been doing too. I mean, it's just like inspiring to see you, um, uh, you know create and um and uh what's what's it cultivate this community because it's one thing to start something it's another thing to keep it going and you guys are like the shining <laughs> example of how to do both you know so way to go well if, if, if there's anyone willing to listen we, we're, we're here to talk we're here to, we're here to uh you know to see the the growth of the next generation i mean our our uh, our main goal is to grow the next generation and now, you know, like the next generation is here and we're excited for that. So, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's come a, come a full circle. And we're, we're seeing those people that, that kind of grew in, you know, in the years when we started and they're starting to teach and they're starting to make music. And it's just, it's so, <laughs> it's so great to see like where this tiny little instrument is taking everyone and the yeah. impact that it's done. Yeah. It's, totally. it's not bad for a couple of guys who just bumbled through and not really knowing how to do anything. <laughs> Full disclosure of not really knowing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. I love like it. Like James said, the, the, the further you get to the edge of, yeah. of playing, the more that you realize that you don't. Oh, that's right. You know, that's nobody right. really knows that, what they're yeah. doing out here. <laughs> that's all right. right. So let's, uh, let, let's sum it all up. Where can they find UKETs? Uh, that one is uh, ukeheads.com. 
that domain was not taken, so I grabbed it. Uh, so <laughs> nice. check out ukeds.com. And I'm on Twitter with that project and also Facebook with that project. At um, The handle is UKEDS Music. And we are launching the, the full series on June 1st. So um, get in on June 1st at noon Pacific time. Everything will be available uh, for purchase. But starting right now, actually, you can go in and start browsing that whole catalog that I showed earlier. Um, mm -hmm. And you can even favorite your favorites and save them in a <laughs> wish list. So because, you know, you know what it's like going through a, a gallery of like 1800 pieces. Uh, it's nice to have a little shopping list at the end where he's like, yeah, these are the 10 that I loved. So mm -hmm. although you can't buy any right now, uh, you can get in there and browse and, and get a feel mm -hmm. for it. And then on June 1st, uh, it all hits the fan and we're going to see where this goes. Nice. Right on, man. Hey, good luck with, with everything. And thank you for, for being here. Also, utropolis.com. Check that out. And, and, uh, and 1879 apparel. Thank you so much, James. Thank you guys. Way to go. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. That does it for Ukul on the Ground podcast. We'll see you folks next time for Aloha Friday Live Jam. Aloha. Aloha.